As we look at, think about light of the world and, and, and Jesus' statement, I just want to look at three points this morning very briefly and two are found in John, in John 7 and John 8. Um, and, and we want to look at the context of what's going on when Jesus makes this statement. And we want to look at what is Jesus claiming. And then when we go to these few verses in Matthew we want to see what does it mean? What does it mean for you? Jesus is in a is in a place here in the temple in Jerusalem, and he's he's making it known who he is. Who he is, not just a good man, or an apostle, or just a prophet, but he's making it known who he is. And not just to his disciples, but to everyone, the religious leaders and all the crowds. It is the time of the Feast of the Tabernacles. And we read about that in Leviticus 23 where that is put in place for the nation of Israel. It's one of the three annual pilgrimages of the Jews from all over the world to come to Jerusalem to the temple for a week. It commemorates the 40 years of the nation of Israel who came out of, uh, came out of Egypt. Remember the stories of Pharaoh and, and Moses? And they spent 40 years in the wilderness and God had promised them land in Canaan called the Promised Land. And God provided food from heaven and water from a rock and he led them by day with a cloud and by night with fire. And they were symbols of God's presence with his people. And so each year this week-long festival was, was taking place. And this is a couple of thousand years later and it's still there, it's taking place. People from all over the world, the Jews would come to Jerusalem. And two of the practices, the ritual practices of, of this feast of the tabernacle was to get water, get water and, sorry, I've gone too quick there, water um, once a day was taken up and taken to the altar in the temple and the water was poured across the altar once a day. And when it came to sunset, the... the, the, the uh, the temple in the in the court of the women had the four of these um, like candelabras, and each candelabra had four arms, and there was poured oil inside, and they were lit every every sunset. So when it got dark, the temple was illuminated with light, and it was it's spoken about that that light was even seen through the city of Jerusalem, not just in the temple area. So what is Jesus claiming? There's a popular argument attributed to C.S. Lewis, but it goes beyond and and before C.S. Lewis actually that Jesus is a lunatic, a liar or Lord or God. And people must make a decision on the things that he claimed. Well, he's either lost the plot and he's a lunatic 
delusional, doesn't know who he is, or is a consistent liar, or he is who he says he claims to be, and that is God in flesh. That he is came that he came to save the world from their sins and bring people into a relationship with their creator. You know, and the master teacher, Jesus, and you can just imagine looking at these rituals that are taking place in this Feast of Tabernacles. We didn't read it this morning, but just back in chapter 7. You can imagine as they pour this daily routine of pouring the water on the altar. Jesus says, I am living water. I am the living water. If anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. Whoever follows me, streams of living water will flow from within. And as these, and I can, doesn't say what time of the day it is, but I'm envisaging that it's maybe sunset. And as the sun, no, not sunset, that's the other one, isn't it? That's where it goes down. Sunrise. And as the sun rises and this, the, 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 these are candelabras that are on fire that have illuminated the temple are put out for the day. And those lights go out. Jesus again says, spoke again to the people, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Not a light. As I thought about it, perhaps a a well-respected teacher of the law, a rabbi or someone in that community could claim to be a light a light to follow with their disciples in their space. But Jesus says, I am the light. I am the light of the world. Earlier in the book of John, Jesus is described as being the one through whom all things are created and in him is life. The light and life is who Jesus is and what Jesus does. He is a life giver. Jesus claims that in chapter 14 of John when he says, I am the life. I am life. I am the way, the truth and I am life. No one comes to God except through me. Well, perhaps this morning you don't know Jesus. You haven't 
uh, ever made a decision like the three people that shared this morning to say yes to Jesus as your saviour. But life is good. Great job. Good family. A few ups and downs, but we, you know, everything's all right. Good holidays. Got lots of good things to keep us comfortable and enjoy the everyday. So I don't really need this life that Jesus is talking about, perhaps. But this life that Jesus offers has got actually nothing to do with getting a better job or better car or better house. But what is on offer is a life that displays his character, that displays the nature of who Jesus is. A life of forgiveness and love and grace. Believing by faith that Jesus died for your sin and surrendering your, your, your everyday life, your, your heart, your mind, all that you are. And it's not only a life that Jesus offers to you this morning for here on earth, but it is a life for eternity. He doesn't only offer life as, uh, as a life that brings new purpose and new meaning into this 70, 80, 90, whatever we might have here on earth, but he offers a life that is for eternity. Just as God had promised thousands of years ago, the Israelites a promised land. And he led them to that place as they trusted his guiding and his presence, so too we have that promise from Jesus. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me. Follow me. Live your life for me. And I am going to prepare a place for you. Much greater than any mansion or house that we can have here. I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm coming back, he said. I'm coming back to take you to be with me for eternity. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean for you? Matthew 5 is uh, well known as the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. And it characterises kingdom living. It's an upside down kingdom to what people would have been expecting. What characterises a follower of Jesus is it is in very sharp contrast to to what the, the the religious leaders were living, how they were living. Very arrogant. Very much about pride and ego and look at me. 
And Jesus addresses that. The religious leaders of the time were, were and, and you will hear it today, actually. That you need to do this, this and this to be good enough to reach God. And in their self-righteousness, they made a decision in their mind that they were earning their way to heaven. That they were doing enough good things that God would say, okay, you're good enough. It's not what Jesus taught. We read here the values of the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who who recognise their need for a saviour, that they will never be good enough. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the peacemakers, the pure in spirit, the compassionate, the merciful. This is what characterises those who choose to follow me, Jesus says. And then he comes down and says, you, you are the light of the world. I wonder if they were really taken aback by that. How can that be? I mean, Jesus is the light of the world. But he says, now you, hey, this, this, this kingdom living, this is what characterises a, a believer, a follower. And now you are the light. Two little verses that are so important that answer this question are found in Colossians 1 and 2 Corinthians 3. God has chosen to make known, in Colossians 1, God has chosen to make known through all people the rich mystery, which is Jesus Christ living in you, your hope of glory. And in 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says, followers of Jesus all reflect God's glory and are being transformed, changed into his likeness. The glory of God is the, the character of God, who, who God is. His makeup, and we know who that is because we see that in the life of Jesus. We see that taught about in the Sermon on the Mount. It's the character that we read about, we call the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. They're not just good things. They are telling us about who God is. And the one who is doing the changing in us is God through his Holy Spirit. It's not us being amazing spiritual beasts. 
It's us surrendering our life, our every day to God. Help me today, Lord, to be like Jesus. In the way I respond to the person in the road, in the way I treat my neighbour, in the way that I love my family. And it really, you know, it's shown in the Lord's Prayer. Um, The Lord's Prayer where Jesus taught his disciples, this is how to pray. Not that every single word is, we're meant to just repeat every single word, but this is a model. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Worship the name of God. The very next lines are, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help me, Lord, to live for your kingdom's values. Help me live for the characteristics of Jesus that is in heaven. Help me to live like that here on earth. The people would see something of who you are. In my life, I got a very short, uh, short science lesson. A very short science lesson. Um, not just because we're short on time, but because I'm short on science knowledge. <laughs> and so you can Google these things because I had to Google these things. But we have the, you know, very simple illustration here of the sun, the moon, and the earth. Things that God created. And it is mind-blowing just to be able to understand the complexities of how these three things work. We know the sun is that big fireball of energy that God spoke into existence and it provides heat and light to earth. And we have the moon which is on an axis and it's spinning as earth is and it's rotating around the earth. It takes about a month to get around and it's also rotating around the sun and the earth is rotating, spinning around on its axis and it is rotating around the sun. That's as far as I know. I don't know why and how and all that but it's incredible. But you know, the moon is, <laughs> I don't want to say it's about God's creation, but the moon is like this dark rock, pretty useless sort of thing, except it becomes very useful because of the light of the sun. What we see at night time is not a moon that has its own light, it is a moon that is reflecting the light of the sun. And then when things align and there's a few different, I didn't want to go into it, but you know, there's all the different eclipses. But if there was no light coming from the sun onto the moon, we would never see it. If there was no light from the sun, this big rock is just completely in darkness. 
and it would just be spinning around and going around but doing its thing in space but we would never see it. It would have no purpose. Without Jesus, no matter how good we think our life is, we walk in darkness. Just as the moon has very little purpose without the light of the sun, without Jesus, we're walking in darkness. And when you choose, as Jack and Mackenzie and Ava have, to follow the light, that light is to be seen through your life into this world. A reflection of the glory and the character of who Jesus is. So that when you do good deeds, people can come and pat you on the back and say, you're amazing. No, that sounds, that doesn't sound right. Not so that you can be worshipped and adored and praised. No. Jesus says, you're the light of the world. You are to reflect my character. As you love people and show mercy and, and meet with the poor and, and, and forgive people and love people, people will see your good deeds and they will glorify God. Because the whole purpose of reflecting God's character is that people would recognise something different and they would see Jesus in each and every one of us. The light. Little lights eh? all around the world. I wonder if someone, and i just finished, if someone came to your workplace um, or your school, your university if someone came to your community, your neighbourhood, your sporting club and had a little list of qualities of who Jesus is and they just sort of wandered around to people and said, hey, I'm looking for someone who looks like this. I really challenged this week. I wonder what people would say about me. I wonder what people would say about you. Hey, yeah, I know someone, actually. They live like that. They look like that. They know Jesus. What would people say about you? Are you a light that is reflecting the character of Jesus into this world. We're going to sing and
worship God and contemplate this message of truth that Jesus is the light of the world and we too are reflections of that light. Thanks, guys.